Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast. Magic is a big part of the Las Vegas scene. We all know it, but here's something that's a little bit different. We have a woman magician, which I think is great. I don't know why there aren't more, but we're going to find out. Her name is Jen Kramer, and that's got nothing to do with anything because you got to see her. Her shows are fantastic. You can see them over at the Westgate on Friday, Saturday, and Sundays, 5 o'clock starting time, which I kind of like that, to be honest with you, because I, I don't want to stay out till all hours in the morning. I guess it's showing my age, but this is a great act to see. Jen, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. I have to ask you right off the bat, was... Being a magician, something when you were growing up you had thought of right away? Yes, and thank you for having me, Stephen. It's great to be here. When I was 10 years old, that's when my journey in magic began. My Uncle Steve, for my 10th birthday, gave me a book called The Royal Road to Card Magic, which to this day, that that gift he gave me is uh, one of my most treasured possessions because it really did change my life. And from that point on, I just started reading as many magic books as I can. I joined a young magician's group, started performing at birthday parties and bar and bat mitzvahs and just getting as much of that uh, flight time as possible, as Lance Burton would say. (laughs) Well, it's so important. But did you look out, you know, when you were watching whatever shows were showing magicians at the time and so forth and you're reading them, where are the female magicians? Because it is a a kind of a really male-oriented business. It's true that magic historically really has been a a very male-dominated field, but I am excited to see that the magic world is heading in a direction now where more and more women are getting involved as magicians, which really makes me so happy to see because I'm such a supporter of fellow women in magic, and I think that uh, diversity in magic is so important, diversity of all kinds, diversity of gender, of age, of race, of geographical diversity, and I think, uh, you know, women in magic makes magic as a whole, you know, the the entire field of magic richer. And so I, I just, you know, it's been such a meaningful, important part of my life. And it, uh, you know, makes me just thrilled to see more and more young girls and women uh, developing an interest in magic and, and pursuing that as magicians. Well, in addition to magic, you're a mentalist. We want to talk about that a lot. But you have a fascinating background. And less people think that all you were doing was playing magic acts and so forth growing up. Uh, you're a graduate of Yale. You speak four languages, black belt and karate. Are you just one of those people that kind of looking for fun things to do and you're always interested in learning things? I am always interested in learning. Uh, that is true. I love, you know, even even with the show itself, I, you know, I'm proud of what we've created so far with, with my show at Westgate, but I'm always looking to improve it and to make it better. And I see it as something that's continually evolving, and I love that. So I I do love to learn. Well, if people haven't seen you, they've got to go do this. Uh, You can see for yourself if you look up in TripAdvisor. They highly recommend it. We've had some listeners that said, oh, we love her. And they keep keep hearing about you've got this great smile, which sort of disarms people, and your sleight of hand is world-class. And Talk about how you develop an act, because it's one thing to do those tricks, like you said, when you were learning that growing up and so forth, but to put an act on, there's so much more to it. 
was that like a process to get to that point where you felt comfortable? You have to have humor. You've got to make people feel comfortable. How does that work? Absolutely. It's a great question. And there are so many moving pieces that go into making an act what it is. And uh, growing up in magic, performing, and, and when I graduated from college, I moved out to Las Vegas. And at the time, you know, I was doing corporate events, was doing college shows, and was working at all these different venues. And so the process of developing an act, I think uh, many magicians would, would start from, well, where are you performing that act? And who's coming to see you perform? Because the act that you might perform for a uh, a uh, college audience might be very different from uh, an act that you would perform for, let's say, a, a Las Vegas audience, which could be very different from if you're performing at a private event or at a corporate event. And so I think, uh, you know, sort of keeping in mind, well, where are you performing? Your magic is a part of it. And then for me, another big piece has been collaboration. And uh, that's another wonderful thing about Las Vegas and the showbiz community in Las Vegas. I think, you know, people joke there are more magicians per square foot here than anywhere. And <laughs> I think uh, you know it really is a special community. I, I love the magic community. I love being able to work with and collaborate with other magicians who each specialize in different aspects of magic and performance and being able to help each other out and to contribute to each other's work is something that uh, that really means a lot to me. Does working in Vegas kind of keep you at the top of your game because right down the street you got Penn and Teller, you got some of the best magicians. You mentioned Lance Burton before. All different types and I think you know, what you do is different than what they do. And is that sort of the thing where, okay, well, I'm competing in a sense with all these different magicians. So how can I make my act a little bit different? Yeah, I think all magicians, uh, you know, really want to put their own twist on the magic. And that's part of what I love about the magic community as well is you can see magic in so many different ways. You go to one magic show and then you go to another magic show and they can be, you know, two wonderful experiences, but totally different from each other. And, you know, the magicians who you mentioned, like Penn and Teller and David Copperfield are phenomenal. And I've admired them ever since I was a kid. And I love, you know, I feel like just being able to, to, perform a show in Las Vegas like like they do. It's been such a long time dream of mine. I'm just super grateful to, to have the opportunity to, to do it. But I think, uh, you know, from, from my experience, the, the magic community and the people who I spend time with in the magic community are, it's been such a supportive group. And so I feel like we all rise up together. We all kind of push each other, push each other to, to improve and to, and to, uh, to share better and better magic with audiences and so i uh you know i i absolutely love the fellow magicians uh who i've you know been fortunate enough to connect with in this town and uh you know, again just feel uh, super uh, appreciative of the opportunity to perform here in las vegas you know collaboration and working with fellow magicians this goes back to your college days right because uh, at yale you were the founder and president of the yale magic society so i guess that part of getting like-minded people together and seeing how you can improve each other is really uh, goes back to your college days that's true that's true and i think uh, you know when i went to yale it I, I, I will sometimes joke with people that, uh, you know, I went to Yale because Hogwarts from Harry Potter wouldn't take me. But uh, <laughs> but Yale is, you know, it really does have that kind of Harry Potter feel to it. You you know, you're walking on campus and the Gothic architecture, it, it feels very magical. And so I uh, fully expected that there would already be a magic group uh, on, on campus. And at the time there wasn't. So I found some other magicians floating around campus and started the group and that's really what I loved most about it was that sense of community, being able to give feedback on each other's work, being able to perform together on campus and in the New Haven community. I think, you know, having that shared passion for magic and this, this thing that we could bond over that we all loved and we, you know, we all wanted to 
to give each other positive uh, feedback and encouragement. I think you know having that sense of community is uh, is something that in college was very important to me and, and remains important to me to this day. Well, we talked about your magic mentalist. I'm fascinated by this, and I wonder, first of all, just a, a simple-minded question, but I always wonder, are you looking, when you, when you interact with people in the audience and so forth, for people, not people that you can just uh, make fun of, I don't mean it that way, but people that are kind of open to it? I mean, is there something you look for in people, or they're not going to fight you when you try to do some of these kind of things? Sure, and, and I think audience participation for me is something that uh, is one of my favorite parts of doing the show because it means that every single night show that we do is a little bit different because every audience is different, and the audience really makes the show what it is. So I definitely embrace that audience participation element. And when it comes to deciding who to choose, I will definitely look out for people's body language. I'll watch, you know, if I know that there's a segment of the show where I'm looking for someone who's going to really have fun and just be in the moment, I'll, you know, during the beginning of the show, prior to that segment, I'll kind of be observing the audience and thinking to myself, okay, who, who's extra engaged, who has a big smile on their face, who, who looks like they might like to participate and be a part of this? Because, you know, after all, it's all about having fun. It's all about connecting with people. So, you know, I look to choose people who are going to enjoy the experience and, and have fun with me. And, and, you know, and then we can have some of those fun kind of in the moment improv kind of moments that I think, uh, you know, I think audiences enjoy because I think they can sense that it really is just happening on this particular night at this particular show. And so I think there's there's a real magic to those kinds of moments. Yeah, and I think people like my, my father would have loved you because the one thing he didn't want to do was that. So you're not looking for somebody like him. You're not one of those type that are going to kind of try to bring the shy person up and work with them, are you? No, you know, I, I really want to choose somebody who, who wants to be a part of it. And, you know, and if, and if there's somebody who doesn't want to be a part of it, I definitely don't want to push them to do something that they're not comfortable doing. So, uh, you know, uh, for me, it's all about I want people to come to the show and to have a great time. And whether that's participating in the show, coming on stage or not, I, I just want them to leave having had a really positive experience. I want them to leave with a smile on their face. Well, and they can hear from your voice uh, just a, a sense of, like, I'm going to have a good time there. I mean, you really feel it. And one of the things we didn't talk about but is really important, and you kind of alluded to it when you're talking about get, preparing for all these different audiences, comedy is a big part of this, right? I mean, magic doesn't work. It's very difficult to work if it's just pure, serious, uh, here's this activity, look at that. I mean, people are there to have fun. So comedy has to play a part of this. For me, I, I love incorporating comedy because, like you said, it's it's about the fun. It's about people coming and having a great time. And I think, uh, you know, sometimes there are these situational comedy moments as well where someone in the audience might say something especially funny or something might happen uh, that's out of the ordinary. And I think just being able to sort of be present and in the moment and have fun with those moments. I mean, I, I genuinely love performing. I love getting the chance to connect with people and to interact with them and to have fun with them. So I, I really do have a blast. And, and I hope that that is something that is, is contagious and that, uh, you know, people come to the show and, and that they leave uh, thinking to themselves, wow, I, I just, you know, I had a lot of fun. And, and that it's something that the whole family can, can enjoy as well, that it doesn't matter if you're seven years old or if you're 70, that you can come and you can smile and laugh and, uh, and, and have a good time. And if you have people in the audience that are 14, 15, 16, and say, wow, I love what she does. I would love to do that. What do you recommend? I mean, I guess the first thing is you got to practice, 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 right? 
Sure, sure. And, you know, for me, I, I was a big reader as a kid. I still am. I love books. And so it was books that got me started in magic initially. But now, I mean, there are so many incredible resources. I still absolutely recommend books like The Royal Road to Card Magic, the, the classics of of magic, but there are also, you know, incredible resources online. There's, you know, from YouTube to magic websites that are dedicated specifically to uh, learning magic and where you can watch incredible magic tutorial, you know, instructional videos and lectures from some of the, the, the smartest minds in the magic world, you know, who have invented and, and uh, just come up with some, some really amazing things. So I'd say if, uh, if you are interested in learning magic, that a uh, great place to start could be books and also and also the internet. You know, you can find uh, some really amazing resources, uh, and and you can also delve into whatever type of magic interests you the most. You know, for me, I, I got started with card magic and then sort of expanded to other branches of magic. But if you're someone who loves whatever it might be, coin magic or mentalism or comedy magic, whatever type of magic it is that you want to learn more about, there are resources specifically dedicated to that type of magic that you can dive into. Well, you mentioned mentalism versus like the coin magic and so forth. Is it, is it a different skill set that you need for that kind of thing? Because, it, you know, again, they're not exactly the same thing. Right. And I think the interesting thing about, about mentalism, and, and for any listeners who are kind of wondering, what's this mentalism all about? It, it really is, uh, is it has to do with, with mind reading magic. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think a cool thing about mentalism is that it can be something that really involves the audience member you're performing for the the spectator you know if you're if you're reading their mind and telling them about their first kiss and and of course you know you're you're not uh, you're not claiming to be a psychic or to have any real mm-hmm. psychic powers but but just to create the the illusion and and again you know for me it's, it's about having fun it's about connecting with people but i think you know a cool element of that mind reading type of magic and that that mentalism is that you know people can feel uh sort of an extra connection to it if if it is if the content of it is about them if you're you know reading their mind about what it is that they like to do or a person who's important to them in their life or uh, you know something that that really personally connects with them on a on a deeper level but i think uh you know mentalism for me is it's just another another form of uh, of of entertainment that hopefully people feel uh, engaged with and, and feel like they can participate in and, and be a part of because for me that's kind of what it all comes down to is that element of human connection and, and that's why I love the, the audience participation in the show. Well I gotta ask you because I ask all the magicians that I went to school in Los Angeles and the one thing I remember if anybody ever came through the one thing they wanted to do if they liked magic was the magic castle. Did you uh, Have you performed out there and did you get involved in any of that stuff? Yes so I have performed at the Magic Castle, and I'm a member as well. And and what a special place that is! I mean, there's really no place quite like it. You you walk in, and and it is just so immersive. There's magic everywhere in the theaters, and it's you know it's this for for any listeners who uh, who don't know about it. It's it's this incredible magic clubhouse in Hollywood, and you walk in, and there's a strict dress code, so everybody is in formal evening wear. And 
it feels like, you know, it's this old Victorian mansion, so it kind of feels like you've traveled back in time, but it's a really elegant, special experience for sure, and I I, I loved getting the chance to perform there. Yeah, I remember I, I went there once, and yeah, it's exactly how you describe it, and one of the things I found is we were with a big group of people, and some people absolutely, you know, I don't like this, I don't care about magic, blah, blah, blah. And yet they left going, wow, that was fascinating. It is just something, it, I don't know if, if it's the, the place or, or the enthusiasm everybody brings there, but everybody can enjoy that. Yes, absolutely. And I think uh, you know that, that's another special thing about the Magic Castle is that it is a venue dedicated specifically to magic. It, you know, people go to the Magic Castle because they want to see magic. And I think, uh, you know, the, the fact that, Magicians from all around the world uh, perform at the Magic Castle. You get a chance to see such a variety of different types of magic and, and to have a venue that is really dedicated specifically to uh, this art that we love so much is, is something very special. Now, just hearing from you and, of course, seeing your act and so forth, people are going to be surprised. You're actually a black belt in karate. Uh <laughs> Well, how did you get into that? Was that just kind of a, well, in case I have any trouble with any of the audience, I want to be able to protect myself. <laughs> wow, Stephen, you've done your research. <laughs> so I, uh, I started learning Shotokan karate when I was a kid, and I uh, was fascinated by it. So I, I did it very seriously for uh, about seven years and got my black belt when I was 14. And... Uh, I am a bit out of practice now, but I have to say, some of that really does stick in your muscle memory. And uh, <laughs> I recently was, was trying to remember the katas, and, and I was amazed at, uh, at, at how much I managed to, to remember, even though it was from, from years ago. Your family must have been fun growing up. I mean, I don't know nothing about them, but just uh, in terms of the way your life kind of came out, it sounds like you had a really good childhood. I did. I, you know, I was super fortunate to have, uh, you know, wonderful parents, two younger sisters I love so much, and uh, yeah, my family's been incredibly supportive. Uh, and yeah, I grew up on Long Island, so I would, when I started learning magic, would go to the city to uh, meet with the young magicians group. And I remember, you know, at the time when I first joined the group, I was too young to travel to the city on my own, so my dad would take me to the meetings and. I just, uh, yeah, I'm very fortunate to have such a supportive family. And, and I know growing up, my parents always said to me, they said, do what you love, because if you do something that you really care about, that you really love to do, you'll be motivated to work really hard at it and you'll succeed at it. So I think uh, that's a message that has really stayed with me ever since. Your sisters, uh, they didn't get into performing arts? They, uh, I have one of my sisters plays guitar. She's a wonderful uh singer and, and songwriter, but neither of them uh, ended up becoming magicians. I think, uh, you know, <laughs> one, they, one they, for the family. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So what's next for you? I mean, you're at the Westgate, which is a great place. I mean, that must be fun, right? You're playing in the same place that uh, Elvis played, not to mention a lot of other big names. The Westgate is, is an incredible place, and, and I feel so grateful to have the opportunity to do my show here. It's such a historic property. Uh, the Westgate was originally, it was the International, it was the Las Vegas Hilton. Like you said, Elvis performed hundreds of sold-out shows right here on this property. Barbara Streisand and Liberace and all of these these legends in, in show business. And so I just you know feel very honored to have the chance to to do my show it's such a special place and the Westgate also it, it really feels like a family I love the people I work with we have 
you know, such a such a close relationship. And so far at Westgate, we've done 360 shows, and I'm just so excited to uh, to continue performing the show here. And uh, would love to would love to have you there anytime you're in town. Well, that's a good point. And all the convention people that come out and the conventions are back in town, thank God. And uh, we want to just let people know that the Westgate right there, you can see one of the really great acts in town. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, five o'clock. Like I say, you like that time because I think it's a great time because it's nighttime, but it's not too late. You probably get a pretty good mix of people, I would imagine. Yes, and especially being a family-friendly show, it really works out well because it is something where, you know, if you're if you're a family, you can come bring the kids before their bedtime. You can come see a show. You can have dinner at one of the wonderful restaurants here at Westgate and make a whole night of it. I know you do some corporate gigs, and those are great for you, but you would be great at anybody that wants to do it. Uh, Jen is fantastic. So let's tell people how they get a hold of you. Where's your website, and what's the best way to reach you? My website is magicofgen.com, so that's magic, O-S-J-E-N.com, and there's a link on there, it links to Ticketmaster, where you can uh, get tickets to the show at Westgate every Friday through Sunday at 5 o'clock, and then on social media, I'm at Jen Kramer Magic, so J-E-N-K-R-A-M-E-R Magic on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and would love to, uh, to connect with your listeners. Well, thank you, Jen, and believe me, you're going to want to connect with her when you get into town, or you can do it online, like what she said. Jen, thank you so much. We hope, look forward to having you on again. Thank you so much, Stephen. This has been a blast. Come on, let's go to Vegas. Support Vegas Never Sleeps on Patreon for exclusive ad-free content, prizes, drawings, and fun, starting at just five bucks. Go to patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Pack your bags and get ready because you're going to Vegas. Go to patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Come on, let's go to Vegas. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com.